Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone's having a great day. I know I am because I just am because I was born... As Jackie O's sister, and really, oh truly, gosh. honestly, who could ask for more in this lifetime, Jax? That's so sweet. You're low-key always having a great day, except for the days when you're not. And that's one thing about me. I'm <laughs> dynamic, and you really never know what to expect. But you really do always open with optimism and hope for the day. And I think and that's a really important message for people. It's also important to note that when I say I'm having a great day, like I'm not always having a great day, but like this show emulates positivity. If I just got on here and like really told everyone what I was thinking, ooh, ooh, oof, ooh. No, I understand it is a great day. It's a beautiful day here. Unfortunately, Turdy and I have been separated yeah. just for uh, today's episode because we're doing audio only. I'm taking it a little bit easier this week. I feel like I was doing a lot. And yeah. so I I was on like modified bed rest and now I'm on like more bed rest yeah. than before. Everything's okay. I just like I felt like I was doing the most and there was literally no need. Um, so we're doing audio only, which won't affect most of you. I think the person who it affects most is Turdy. No, and like one thing about me. Turdy struggles not- with audio only. One thing about me, but today, like, I'm not complaining. Like, the fact that I didn't have to put on makeup and do my hair, I really can't put into words how grateful I am. So don't worry about turdy. Turdy's fine. You know, it's not even turdy. It's I turdy. It's the IT department that lives inside of me that's always like, wait, camera, let me get the, the studio, the lights, let me bring it to your house. Like, I'm okay. I'm I'm really kind of getting tired of doing the most. Let's be real. But I do feel like next week you're going to be wanting to be on camera again because you're like glam turdy. You're in your glam era. Yeah, no, I think uh, everything is still up in up in the air. I want you to just take it easy. Like every time you're like walking around, it like gives me anxiety. Just like sit the fuck down. So I'm happy to do <laughs> audio only. Maybe I'll go into studio next week like two or three times with like the usual Ben if he's available, Taylor Strucker if she's available. But Jackson Claude original recipe, I kind of love um, you. I don't know why I'm going to be like so like really honest right now. Please. What do you love? I love doing audio only for one reason. And that's because sadly we don't upload to YouTube, but that does mean there's no comment section. So like I can say the most fucking out of pocket shit and there's really nowhere for people to like gather and be like, we should call Claudia's place of work and tell them what she said. Yeah, call me up. Call me up and tell her what she said. If I'm the IT department, you're HR. For sure. Except we do upload the audio to YouTube. So there is a comment section, but it's not as lively. No, it's not as community oriented as when there's video. Oh, by the way, that's like a new thing we started doing when we um, started doing audio only, just like putting just the audio on YouTube. I totally forgot that there actually is a comment section. And now that I've made this conversation, they're going to make, they're going to galvanize. All right, I'll, I'll reel it in today. I won't say anything so fucking crazy. Yeah, for sure. Except how it usually goes is that like they're calling up my place of work and they're calling yeah. you and DMing you being like, the show would be better without Jackie, don't you think? And I just want to say like to everybody who has <laughs> sent me that message, and it's not a lot of people. First of all, like seriously, and I mean this like from the depths of my soul, go fuck yourself. Like seriously, go literally fuck yourself. Two, uh, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. It's Jackson Claude till we're 97. So seriously, Go fuck yourself and then fuck all the way off, you dumb cunts. 
I love that for us. Thank you, God, for always having my back. So that's what happens when you call my boss. That's the message you're going to hear. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not here for the Jack Slander. Like, I don't know what they think they're doing. And they think they'll like galvanize that. I'll be like, "Mm, maybe I should get rid of my sister. (laughs) Like, as if I could even get rid of you. You're like older than me. How, like, let's say I seriously, like, didn't want to work with you anymore. Like, how? Yeah, no, it would be a really big thing. But also, like, I don't think either one of us could take the toast like if you wanted to stop working with me like you'd have to go start a different show no for sure like it, it's literally like call her actually no call her daddy like one of them took she it got we the couldn't show. we couldn't take it yeah we'd be in court for years years and years and years yeah but speaking of sisters replacing sisters yesterday satchel oh, yeah. stood in for me i had a doctor's appointment yesterday so i was like in the waiting room just like listening to the episode just like being a toaster which was really mm-hmm. fun um but i didn't get to finish like what's going on with the satch let's let's recap satch's episode re catchel Recatchel. i mean honestly it was everything like <laughs> It was just more downtime with Satch. She looked so cool. If you watched on YouTube, you saw she like showed up in a cool girl I outfit. I saw. Lueve tank top. Like She's in cool her classy jeans. era. And I just want to say, like, I wish one day I can go and kiss Sophia Richie Grange on the mouth for, for inspiring these former thoughts to look classy. My so sister right. included. You're so right. Like now, like the like the cool girls are dressing elegant. They're dressing a little modest. They're it's dressing nice. like granny. They're wearing trousers. They're wearing cardigans. They're wearing flats. Like it's a beautiful thing to see. No, it's really like a full circle moment. You're so right that like we have Sophia Richie to thank for the unthoughtification of the satchelor. The unthoughtification of America. Of the of Gen Z, honestly. And I think it's gonna be like a slow rollout. It's just starting, but like you even saw Kylie wearing yeah. like her classy silhouettes I think this is the beginning of a beautiful trend that is positively impacting my eyeballs our family and our family no you're so right Jax I like, like that analysis I, I saw what snitch wore to dinner last night she was wearing like the Spanx trousers that you and I have loved but like world women mm-hmm. and a cardigan and flats and she just looks so classy yeah I I feel like I love this like even for my own personal style like this very kind of coastal grandmother like rich older woman aesthetic I love and I feel like older chubby girls have been dressing that way forever for a multitude of reasons but now that it's like in trend it's fabulous yeah it's really fabulous like a little mystery I don't need to see butt cheek on the street yeah chunks of cheek chunks I don't of need cheek. it you don't I don't need it well we have a fabulous show today because it's just like me and you and it's me and you, and that's my whole world. They whisper down the hallway, she's a bad, bad girl. Okay. Um, but I also have so much TV to recap. We're obviously going to do the Vanderpump Rules Part 2 reunion at the TV recap at the end of the show. We do have a story about Ted Lasso, yes? We do. So I'll give my thoughts because I watched the finale last night, and you can take your AirPods out because obviously I am going to spoil it. That's fine. I will watch eventually. I'm in no rush. And I'm also like not watching Ted Lasso for the riveting plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Um, not like Game of Thrones. But yesterday I watched, you did too. Yeah. Actually, when I was at the Eras concert um, with Paige DeSorbo, she was the one who was like, what are you, we were talking about TV and she was like, you should watch the Smartless podcast. And I was like, no, it's like not my podcast. She's like, no, they did like a documentary on HBO like a TV show of their podcast tour. So I was like, oh, that actually does sound interesting. And it's so crazy how I literally know nothing about Smartless, even though they're the biggest podcast, literally the biggest comedy podcast for sure. And like, we're honestly, I think of them as our peers, our competitors. I knew nothing about them. Literally. Yeah. I, I might have been able to tell you who the three guys are, but I maybe couldn't not. have told you. I, I might have been able to say Jason Bateman. And I, I think I would have said Will Arnett. And I think I might have said even the guy from Will and Grace, but I wouldn't have known his name. I still don't know his name other than Sean. Sean Hayes, I think. Sean Hayes, yeah, that sounds right. I found it so interesting. I will say, like, their comedy, like, their shtick, they have a huge audience. I don't think it's, like, my necessarily type of comedy, so I did find it, like, a little repetitive, just a little bit. But I found, like, the neuroses of so many of these, like, older successful men, like, who have to travel and have their meals together and, and, like, drive in long car rides together. I found it really interesting. Like, who knew Jason Bateman was literally, like, an almond mom? (laughs) literally like with his salads and like he had his big salad for dinner and other guys got steaks and then he's up all night like eating skinny pop and prunes and that's just because he's not full from his salad Mm. it's like if you just had a steak like the other guys like you wouldn't be snacking all night 
Jason definitely has like some sort of disordered eating. It's yes. so, it's honestly, I feel like food and meals occupy all of my time. Like I'm always thinking about what am I eating? What did I just eat? Did I eat too much? Did I not eat enough? They take it to another level. And I do think it's part of their shtick, but I think at least for Jason, like it is so real. Yeah, no, they're always talking about their next meal, their past yeah. meal, their and their current meal, and they're planning their next meal while they're eating <laughs> their current meal, which is so relatable. Like, that's yeah. us. That's literally the Good Guys podcast. Yeah. I just, like, wouldn't have expected it from the three of them who just seem like tall glasses of water. Totally. Who just, like, eat when they're hungry and then don't eat when they're not hungry. No, completely. It was eye-opening. It was very funny. I don't understand the black and white style choice. I thought no. at first, I thought once they got on stage, it would be like in color and it's like the documentary really starts. I'm not like living for black and white, but that's just because I'm like toxically modern. Like we have just, color TV. Why would we not use it? It's unnecessary. Yeah. But I agree. It's a really cool concept, especially for podcasters like us to watch yeah. them do their thing and like to see the success that they're having. But one thing that I thought was silly is like they're going, they're staying in like these amazing hotels and they're flying private and the crowds are so big and they're acting like this is their first taste of fame. And it's like they are on some of the biggest shows yeah. in television history. Like I can't imagine Wait, that, that this podcast me? success is like more than anything they've ever experienced before. Wait, not me just realizing that Will Arnett and Jason Bateman were on Arrested Development together. That's how they know each other. Yeah. I totally forgot. But like um, Jason yeah. Bateman, like he's in Ozark, which obviously I don't watch, but Zach does. So it's it's a big one. And it's really big. It's like, it's probably one of his biggest projects. Yeah. They're all um, really big. So like this, they're like ooing and aahing over all these things. I'm like, you've been at this level of success for like 20 years. No, and something I found really interesting was as somebody who like goes on tour and knows the logistics of like money, I don't know how after they fly private, they stay in the presidential suite everywhere they go. They have literally 15 people who work for them. Mm -hmm. Margarita, who's always running out to get gas X and sugar-free Red Bull. Um, and then they split the revenue three ways. They made no money from this tour, but they made money from this documentary. Yes, I thought the same thing. Like, that's not how comedians or podcasters travel. Even comedians and podcasters who play huge theaters, which they're doing. Yeah, theaters, no. You know, if it's stadiums, arenas, yes. But the size theaters that they're doing just, like, based on the numbers, it, it kind of doesn't add up. No, and, like, okay, if they're doing theaters like that, like, I feel like a – let me think of a – a comedian like honestly like like a Jim Gaffigan would go to DC and play that theater every night for a week and then he can fly private because it makes sense financially I was just like so focused on the the finances they travel in style and there's nothing wrong with that but when you think about all the people they're paying to be on the tour with them and then they're splitting all the revenue three ways and then flying private and like there's a million vans for everyone I don't know it something wasn't adding up financially yeah so maybe it's not like a financial exercise for them and more of I have no idea what. Well, I think also there, um, I was really thinking a lot about this because I'm so interested in the business of podcasting. I believe their podcast is like owned or their deal is with Wondery, which is owned by Amazon. And I'm sure that when they did that deal, they got a payout of, you know, six, maybe seven figures that they all split. So maybe like Amazon paid for the tour. I don't know. But then yeah, why wouldn't no. their show be on Amazon? Wondery shows aren't exclusive to Amazon. No, no, no. But they do all like the the distribution. Oh, why and sales. wouldn't the? Oh, sorry. They're this new show. I thought you meant their podcast. Um, good question. But also like, there's there there are so many questions. Maybe Amazon like got them a plane. Yeah. But do even if Amazon owns their podcast, do they then collect the revenue from their live show? I don't know. We'd have to look at their deal points. I'm just fascinated by this whole and thing. And also, like, honestly. the revenue for the theater size that we saw, like. That was probably, like, like in a in that D.C. theater. How many seats do you think that was? They probably make more money from one episode of ads Duh. on Smartless. Yeah. Right. So, like, maybe this is, like, some sort of branding thing for them well, to honestly, go on tour. Well, honestly, why I really liked it is I feel like it's so legitimized podcasting and podcast touring. Like, to get, like, a whole-ass HBO documentary, like, that's so legit. Yeah. No, it was cool. Yeah. Um, and then yesterday, also in terms of content, I just wanted to shout out our last episode uh, that we just posted on Patreon. It went up yesterday. Is something I've been asked to do many times that I just, like, I'm kind of ashamed of. But yesterday I was just like, fuck it, we're posting it. Um, I did, a, like, a... Uh, like a literal, um, you know, what do, what do they call it? Uh, guide? 
guide, but like, you know, those yellow books, like for dummies. Oh, smut for dummies. I'm always getting asked like, hey, just about smut recommendations. Like, how do you get into smut? What are your favorite like sexy books? How do you know when they're good? Which authors are good? So I did like a breakdown of all the smut books I've read. Most of the ones that I've read. I didn't get into Colleen Hoover because I felt like that was like a little too basic. Everyone knows. Yeah, everyone And that's really not smut. Once you actually get into smut, like you see Colleen's like doing the least when it comes to the smut. Um, So I gave like a full breakdown with like pictures, book covers, ratings in terms of plot, ratings in terms of smut. Um, People are loving it. They're saying like really that I'm out here doing the Lord's work and they were like, you know, just really grateful that I did this. So patreon.com slash the toast for Turdy's Guide to Smut. Turdy's Guide to Smut. I love that. I actually have some two book things to say. One, new episode of The Redheads dropped today. It's the Uh-oh. first Thursday in June. Our new episode dropped. We recorded it last week, so I've been like sitting on it for a week, and I've actually been really excited because it's such a fun, funny episode. This book just gave us so much to chat and laugh about, you know, a lot of loose ends, but also beautiful moments. Like, it was just really sweet. And also... Not to spoil the end of the episode, but Becky is choosing our next book. Mm -hmm. And she told us how she chose it. And I think it's like a life hack that everyone needs to know. She used AI. She put (gasps) into AI like books that she loves. And she was like, recommend similar books. So we're reading True Biz by Sarah Novick next. But like she had put in like Where the Crawdads Sing. Like those really good like literary novels. um, That's so smart. That are are also like really popular. So that's where you should get your next book recommendation from. Well, let me see. Let me see if the redheads get fucked. Like, Like let's see if everybody likes his book first. And then if it worked, oh my God, I'm never not doing that. Isn't that genius? Because I'm always like, give me a book that's like, it ends with us or whatever. Right. Yeah, I'm always like asking for book recommendations based on a previous book. So if I say, like, literally when people ask like what my real like genre of choice is, like I loved Eliza Starts a Rumor. It was like just life, you know, suburban mom, dumb drama, but like hilarious. And I'm always like, what's a book like Eliza Starts a Rumor? Ask ChatGPT. That is really a very, very smart thing. Go Bex. Go Bex. And then also I finished my book last night, The May Cobb, My oh, Summer Darlings. Is. I need you to finish it because I need to talk to you about it. Okay. Like I don't know if I'm just being like negative, s- negative, critical oh. or because I remember after I finished Hunting Wives, like I didn't love it so much, but then you loved it so much it made me like it more. Mm-hmm. So I need to know what you think about this one. Okay, I have started it. So hopefully I'll finish it this weekend and we can talk about it. Cool. Can't wait to chat with my girly. Um, and speaking of chatting with our garlies, we've got lots to dive into. I can't wait to talk about the Vanderpump reunion. Um, so, so without further ado, here are the fast five stories that you need to know. And today's episode is brought to you by the Kardashians on Hulu. You can watch the all-new season of the Kardashians. New episodes are dropping Thursdays only on Hulu. The world's most famous matriarchy is back for the most intimate look yet inside the family empire. So this season, we know a lot of what's going to go down. It seems really juicy, and they're really doing a good job of striking a balance between their extremely successful lives as business women, but also their very real personal lives that are just weirdly a part of their business. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of entrepreneurship sibling rivalry, newfound love, ooh, hopefully a businessman beau in the mix, family growth, juggling business, motherhood, family, and more. We already got the first episode, or do we get two episodes already now? Episode two dropped last night. Oh my god, okay, so I'll catch up on that tonight before tomorrow. Um, So two episodes in, there's lots, there's, you know, a thunder is, is a brewing, something is brewing between the girlies, specifically Courtney and... Kim and I can't wait to see how that unfolds I just can't wait to see all the girlies back you know we've got them all we've got Chris we've got Courtney we've got Kim we've got Chloe as Andy Cohen likes to call her Kendall and Kylie I love this show it's just a good good vibe show it's really fun to watch I love seeing the sisters they're so fabulous I just love seeing like their homes and their cars and their planes even the most boring episode of the Kardashians is better than literally any episode of any other reality tv show so (laughs) Don't miss season three of The Kardashians. New episodes drop Thursdays only on Hulu. If you're waiting up, then you guys already saw it last night because it comes out on Wednesday nights at midnight. I haven't seen it yet. I'm really excited to see it. But make sure you're catching season three of The Kardashians. New episodes are dropping Thursdays only on Hulu. Today's episode is also brought to you by OneSkin. 
Have you ever thought to yourself, what could if we, what if we could reverse the root cause of aging? And then listen closely. Our new sponsor, OneSkin, puts science and research first. They were founded by a team of four female PhD-level longevity scientists with over 15 years of experience. OneSkin set out to not just decrease the visible signs of aging skin, but to treat the root causes of why skin ages. So their essential face moisturizer, their eye topical supplement to firm, and their topical body supplement keep your body moisturized so skin doesn't just look younger and healthier it functions like younger and healthier looking skin I have to say I love their topical body supplement I feel like everyone's always talking about like skin aging on their face for sure but especially because I have like heavy set chest my neck and like decolletage area I'm so conscious of when it comes to aging I don't want like wrinkles or fine lines so I love that they have a product for that the topical body supplement I've been using it I love it their products are formulated with their OS01 peptide as the primary active ingredient, so it supports the skin ability to resist the effects of intrinsic and extrinsic aging factors. Their flagship product, the OS01 Face, is clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, and it improves key skin health markers, meaning signs of aging are significantly diminished. For a limited time, you can get 15% off OneSkin with our code TOAST at oneskin.co. They're the world's first skin longevity company. They address skin health at the molecular level, targeting the root causes of aging, so skin behaves, feels, and appears younger. It's time to get started with your new face, eye, and body routine at a discounted rate today. Get 15% off with the code TOAST at oneskin.co. That's 15% off with one skin at oneskin.co. That code is TOAST. We only have one body, one skin, and only you can choose to make it better. Age healthy with one skin. Thank you, Claudia. You're welcome. Our first story, news that I never thought I would report, Sex and the City shocker. Kim Cattrall will be returning as Samantha Jones to And Just Like That. For one night only, the Sex and the City universe will be whole again. Variety has learned that Kim Cattrall will reprise her iconic role as Samantha Jones in the season two finale of And Just Like That. The title will just like never roll off the tongue. Ever, ever, ever. (laughs) She will only appear in one scene. According to sources, she shot her dialogue on March 22nd in New York City without seeing or speaking with the star of the series, the stars, including Sarah Jessica Parker, or with the showrunner, Michael Patrick King. In the scene, she has moved to London and she'll have a phone conversation with mm. Carrie. And so she didn't really have to interface with anyone. Right. But we are getting some Samantha. So I will say this news like sounds better than it is. Um, because once you actually read it, you know she's not actually filming with the women. It's a phone call. It's in the finale, and it's one scene. So it sounds better than it is. Having said that, like, I welcome this. Hopefully this is, like, an intro, because I watched all of And Just Like That. And I have to say, like, I'm a hater to my core, and it was cringe. It was problematic. Like, it had all these things. But at the end of the day, like, I did like it. Like, I, I looked forward to the episodes. Like, there's just something about the writing. There's something about these characters. It's good. Like, I'm sorry. I'm... I'm just going to be honest. Like, I liked it, okay? And I feel like I don't want to keep that in anymore. So you're saying, uh, because you like it. It's exactly what I'm saying, Jackie. But there was this, like, glaringly obvious thing missing. And it was Samantha. She was far and away the best character. Her, she was so fucking real. Like, she was just saying shit nobody would say, but she was fucking right about everything. Like, she was so sorely missed. So Getting her back is great. Again, it's really not getting her back. She's not going to be a recurring role. It's one cameo. She doesn't even interact with the other ladies. But I think it's a step in the right direction. And for her, I mean, best of both worlds. Like, she's getting a, for sure, a huge payday because it's the only way they would have brought her back. She fucking hates these people. Um, And she doesn't have to see these bitches. So, like, for her, she's laughing, running to the bank. And honestly, I think her kind of being, like, mysteriously absent from this uh, revamp, whatever you want to call it, reunion show, whatever it's called, is so good for her and her character because it just makes people appreciate and miss her, honestly. Yeah, I think this is all good. Of course, one scene, it's not enough. Um, give us more. I don't even watch the show. <laughs> but, um, and she's a part of the reason. Like, I, I don't think I would watch even still. Like, it's just not of the utmost importance to me. But, like, mm-hmm. certainly not without Samantha because she really was the best. Yeah. But I do feel like, one, like, now contracts have been signed and, and doors are open and it would be easier to, to do another scene. And I feel like who knows what happens in that finale conversation. It could be, like, a cliffhanger that gets us to season three where Samantha's back. You know what I mean? Well, in season one, Carrie and Samantha were texting. So Samantha wasn't, like, dead. Like, she was still, like, technically in the show. But we never saw her because she was just texting with Carrie. Right. No, but, like, the fact that 
Kim is on the scene like this could be it could be just what it is one scene but it could also be opening the door for season three with Samantha yeah but I'm saying in season one with the text messages like it was all very cliffhangery they were like we'll see wishing right you well. but there was no actual Kim participation no, no now that we have Kim participation it opens the door to more yeah what I think so is also that's exciting it is what I also think is interesting about this show is like they are unable to keep anything under wraps that's a because they film in New York so like people are just always seeing like new characters show up like they're unable and I feel like HBO is so good at that like with you know the ending of Game of Thrones like I don't it's obvious I think partially is intentional it's good for like the show hype but this would have been um like a huge amazing spoiler yeah but I feel like they're intentionally putting stuff out I don't know about this one but like they put out the picture of Carrie and Aiden, Aiden kissing. I also think over the years they've filmed fake scenes to mm. throw people off. Yeah. So they're kind of. I guess that's also what's great about the show. Like it's so New York. They literally, they've never filmed on like a, a studio a lot. Like they're always in the streets. And that really is what makes it like so authentically New York. And, and I think that's like a huge reason why people like it. Yeah, but they could also be having like pivotal conversations and scenes like indoors. Indoors, indoors. Yeah. yeah. Would it would it kill you to, to close a window? But I think that they like this hype machine. Like you know, Game of Thrones doesn't need that. Like oh, Bran was spotted sitting on the throne. What does it Literally. mean? Literally. But for this show, like it is very much a part of the zeitgeist to for people to speculate about what's going to happen. So I think that they're in on that. Yeah. No, that's tr- that's that's fair. That's fair. It's just interesting. But I did hear Bran was spotted sitting. On I the heard throne. that too. Being fed grapes like a little mad king. No, I heard he was at the pub making making deals, wheeling and dealing. Yeah, he was like knocking him back with the night king. Knocking him back with the night king. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Okay, well, are you ready for our next story? Yeah. It's a yawn for me, but I think people care. Leonardo DiCaprio dined with. 28-year-old British model, Neelam Gill, and his mom. So Leo took a break from partying to enjoy a night out with a group of pals, including British model Neelam Gill and his mom. In photos obtained by page six, he could be seen keeping a low profile as he left the Chiltern Firehouse in London on Tuesday. His mom was also exiting the venue with him while uh, Neelam Gill followed behind. (laughs) I mean, that's just fucking weird. Like, literally... um his mom could be literally this girl's grandmother. Yeah. They literally look like a family. Three generations of DiCaprio's. <laughs> grandmother, son, and daughter. And, yeah. I, I, like, I mean, I, I guess that means that he's dating this person. Because, like, all signs point to. But I feel like every single week it's someone else that he's dating. The same, like, literally this age. Yeah. And, okay, cool. You know, this story is, like, so fatigued. I'm not, like, you know, being kept up. Like, who's Leo spotted with? It was interesting when he was spotted with Gigi Hadid because that was different. That was, like, somebody who um, is a mother and has, like, a successful business and, like, doesn't need Leo. There's not, like, a power dynamic. Um, That was interesting. But beyond that, like, just this gaggle of carbon copies of different – like, it's just – it's so uninteresting to me. It's so uninspired. Yeah. He also goes out now all the time in a a hat and a face mask. I think he was at, like, a – sports game wearing a mask and now he's at this restaurant I don't know if he does it for like anonymity but like it's not working he definitely does it for anonymity and I just want to say he seems to care about the environment so much masks are so bad for the environment I'm just saying trails Greta Greta would definitely be wearing like a reusable cloth he's wearing these like disposable plastic line right ones. but the thing about the reusable cloth is that that actually does nothing so we might as well breathe fresh clean air that's true. That's true. I mean, I don't, I honestly, like, I don't think Leo, if he's w- running to, like, events and games, I don't think he's, like, really still concerned with the pandemic. I think this is definitely, like, an anonymity thing. Yeah, but it's, like, not fucking working. Like, the camera is in his face. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, they're going to photograph you whether you're wearing a mask or not. So maybe, maybe he's feeling insecure. That's maybe relatable. Maybe got, like, a nose job. <gasps> Lip filler. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, you're onto something there, sister. That, to me, like, would be more understandable than whatever I'm looking at. That is definitely a possibility. Leo went under the knife. <laughs> Leo was feeling insecure. Maybe Leo's nose has been bothering him his whole life and he finally just like took his life, took charge. Yeah. Or he had a deviated septum. Sure. 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 Are you ready for our next story, which is also some new rumored couple news? Sure. Erica 
Jane has been spotted with an older gentleman who Who's also married. then just posted on Instagram like a photo of him and his wife. He's married. He's married, but he filed for like a separation in 2021. Oh. Or they were – anyways, Erica Jane was spotted on a quote-unquote date earlier this week, but it didn't look necessarily like a date. They were in Caesar's Palace walking around. She looked fire flames. Like, yeah. She definitely looked like she wasn't not trying, but it could mm-hmm. also be – a couple of friends, but a rep confirmed to Us Weekly that they're not dating, that Jim is her lawyer and family friend for over 20 years. Oh. He's been her primary attorney for some time now. He said, I'm trying to help my friend and people want to see something nefarious in that and they want to impose a sexual relationship. I don't want to see anything nefarious, but like, what are you doing in Vegas with your lawyer? Well, she is doing a residency in Vegas. True. So she has like a work thing. Maybe they he came to support like... I see my lawyer all the time. Like, I don't think, I think this could have been a date, but them explaining, like, he's a family friend and a lawyer, and honestly, that's more than enough for me. I, I think a lot of people see her with an older gentleman and assume she's, like, looking for her next Tom Girardi. Which, and we get our hopes up. Who isn't? But I know. That's kind of, I'm, I'm honestly, like, acknowledging, like, my own bias right now and how mm-hmm. much, like, I want this to be true, and it's just not. No, I mean, let's just be real. Like, we saw Erica's life with Tom and we saw Erica's life without Tom. Like, they're different. And I'm sure she wants to get back to that place. Like, she wants a palace with a chapel. Like, she has a certain standard of living. And her little bungalow in West Hollywood, like, it's nice. But I don't think it's going to cut it forever. But I also, yes, like, you want to see her get back to the things that she loves. But I also do really envision her with kind of an older man and not some of these like boy toys that I imagine she's like running around with like I don't think I think she needs someone who can be on her level she's very smart and mature and sophisticated and like so when I see her with someone who's like a successful mature king king I'm like that works for me yeah no if the day comes where Erica Jane does settle down like I'm fully picturing a Tom 2.0 I'm not looking for like maybe like a Silicon Valley billionaire young younger yeah not some like not an Instagram model Love Island contestant no no she definitely has a type and I will say like obviously her and Tom's marriage was a marriage of convenience but I do and I I did and I still do really think like when it was good, like, I think she really did love him. I don't think it was, you know, like, a complete arrangement. Yeah, at least from her book, like, I was convinced. What did she say in the book? She had the only the nicest things to say. I mean, obviously, he was still her husband, but just, like, the way that he took care of her and protected her and was so smart and gave her advice. Like, all of those things were why she was so attracted to him as an older gentleman. That's nice. Yeah. Also, she's 51 now. So, like, if she's going to go with someone her age or older, like, that is going to be a 60-year-old gentleman. Yeah, so no, when it's... I see her with a silver fox, I'm like, that could be, he could be the one. No, in my mind, she's, like, such a, like, a reality star, influencer, pop star. I feel like she's 32. But she's, like, she's a, uh, uh, she's a woman. She's an older woman. Yeah. Well, she looked sickening just walking around Caesar's Palace. Did you see the outfit? I did. She's been like slaying um, the Lukes. Yeah. She looks great. Slaying. I feel like she's in a really good place. Like this whole thing is now like officially behind her. And I feel like in this upcoming season when she's filming, like it's no longer a conversation. Like I think she's really out of it. Yeah, which and is And that so must crazy. be the best feeling in the world for something that probably kept her up at night for two years straight. Yeah, and also, like, she couldn't really have a a voice on the show outside of defending that. herself and talking about all the allegations. And, like, she's weathered this storm. And I'm excited for her to just be herself again and live her life and be the Erica that we know and love. I agree. Because, we like, I feel like I even forget, like, pre, pre-divorce Erica, like, she was everything. And then she kind of became the worst. But, like, she was allowed. She was going through a hard time. Um, so I'm ready for her to, like, be, be the best again. Like, sniper from the side. Yeah. No, and I definitely like in the last few years have faltered in my stanhood. Same. But I'm 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 tabula rasaing. I'm not like going back like, you know, it's it's I, a constant involving thing, but now I do feel like it, with all the legal stuff behind her, like tabula rasa. I look forward to the future. I couldn't have said it better myself. Tabula rasa. What does that mean? Clean table? Clean slate. Clean slate. Yeah. I Latin. I'm also definitely like interested in, in what's happening in Beverly Hills. I feel like it's awfully quiet. Well, that's what I wanted to say. I saw like a meme or a tweet that was like, "This is the first season that we have no idea what's going on in Beverly Hills. It's also the first season without Rinna." Yeah, in a so, while. Right. So the question is, was Rinna just like leaking everything, or is there nothing going on without Rinna? 
I think Brandon was leaking everything. Yeah, I mean, that's like the obvious answer. Because I think things are, de- like, something's going on. Even if it's not, you know, Kathy Hilton having a breakdown in the club. Like, right. there's things. You know, for the last, like, three or four seasons, like, we always know what's going to happen because it gets, like, we're always talking about it while they're filming it. And it's like a spoiler. Mm-hmm. No, that's very interesting. You know what it is? Interessant. It's interessant. I agree. I just, I think it's interessant. Another interessant factoid is our next story. Yep. So the succession ending that we didn't see, Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall Roy, revealed the, quote, explosive show had a shocking alternate finale that he improvised. So the headline is like, of course he did. Just listen, like I can with this story. Succession star Jeremy Strong has revealed a shock alternate ending to the show, which concluded in spectacular style on Sunday. The actor who plays Kendall Roy spoke to Kara Swisher on the official Succession podcast about his improvisation of his character's final scene, in which he attempted to jump into the river, unbeknownst to cast and crew. So Kendall had his dreams crushed when Shiv stopped him from becoming CEO. Jeremy, who has spoken in the past about his method acting, revealed he actually climbed the railings to inch his way into the water before he was saved by Colin his minder who was previously his father's driver he said quote I stood up and walked slowly to the barrier that was set up there and climbed over it and I didn't really know what I planned to do and the actor playing Colin saw me and ran and stopped me from doing it so I have to say I don't think that would have been a terrible ending and I definitely thought when he was like walking so depressed by the water I'm like what is he gonna do because we saw him like two seasons ago like really struggling mental health wise I think he like tried to drown himself or something like there was there is that history so not only do I think that wouldn't have been a bad like ending I think it would have been on track I thought it was gonna happen yeah I think it would just be have been like more overt yeah for the show you know where nothing like really happens also he was he didn't jump he didn't jump in it was just be like Colin bringing him down which is actually so Kendall and so Colin (laughs) <laughs> and so Colin but then Jeremy said I mean I'm sure Jesse's choice is better like the, sh- the choice not to air that and in a way I think you see the intentionality in the character I mean you said you felt like he was going to go in right and I did I tried to it's a completely tragic ending from my perspective I think that Jesse maybe intended that in the writing this sense that Kendall has lost but maybe he's free Right, like with everyone's ending, like we're supposed to extrapolate what happens next. Like Roman is sitting at the bar getting wasted. Like that's obviously the path he goes down. Kendall is like wandering around aimlessly in the middle of the day, like by by cliffs. And you're like, yeah, for sure. Like you're supposed to just assume. Yeah, but I actually don't think it's in Kendall's character to um, to actually go through with it. No, 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 no. Right. But also, I've been seeing some stuff about Roman's ending. Like, Mm -hmm. one, he ordered a martini, which is Jerry's drink. Whatever that means. Oh. And two, like, he sips it, and he smiles for a second, and then he's, like, somber again. So everyone said we should give him an Emmy for that. Um, I'm dead. (laughs) Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, that's what the tweets were. And so I I, know he's, like, happy. He's not unhappy with the situation. I have to say – Succession Twitter is one of the most <laughs> deeply unwell spaces yeah. and corners of the internet. Like people, t- like it's a good show. It's not. It's not even a good show, but like they take it so fucking serious and they love. This is like the new thing that I've seen because I've just seen people saying this about Ted Lasso because there's like a lot of people saying this season of Ted Lasso like kind of stings. Um, like you were saying it, but. Rolling Stone just wrote like critics are saying it. Yeah, 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 I say it about everything. <laughs> right, right. No, we are like haters to our core. But like when other people say it, we're like, oh yeah, okay. And everyone is like, people just don't get it. Like they don't <laughs> get succession. Like oh, you don't like Ted Lasso? You don't get it. Which is my like the most fucking condescending retort to like my opinion. Like I'm allowed to have my fucking opinion. Fuck off. And you know what? It's TV. It's not mathematics. Like if you have to get it so hard, maybe just maybe it's not fucking good. Yeah, facts. And like I got season one and season two. Right. So like what changed? So is season three is just like above my yeah wait, grade. What's, right, like maybe oh, am I getting dumber or is the show just not good? Like, <laughs> or I or is the show getting dumber? I hate that retort. It's so first of all incorrect, 
And it's so like moral high ground. Like, oh, you don't gotta. You're so soft. Shut the fuck up. So true. Also, something I wanted to talk about was Succession because everyone's talking about the finale and I sent you this article that the Succession finale had the highest rating views ever for their show, Series High, of 2.9 million viewers. The right. way that people talk about this show, like you would think it's like the Super Bowl. How many people watch like the finale of Game of Thrones? I think like 20 million. Damn. Let me Google it. People watch. By the way, the, like that's by the way, 2.8 million. That's literally how many people watch Vanderpump Rolls. <laughs> no, literally. It's, oh yeah, Game of Thrones was 19.3 million. Wow. Um, more people I think watch American Idol than Succession, but you would never know it from the way it's talked about. No, because it's so like um, highbrow. Like, how many people watch Yellowstone? I think fourteen million. Oh, because but right, but, you you would think the way people talk about both of these shows, like you would think like, oh, Succession probably has like a little bit of a bigger audience than Yellowstone. No, you would think it's just one of the greats, like one of the shows. Like we're we're still talking about Game of Thrones. Like it's it's a show in like the TV Hall of Fame. Uh, 12 million people tuned in for the premiere of season five of Yellowstone. Wow. And so if and when it ends, that'll be even more. Yeah. 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 Interesting factoids. I just find it interesting. Yeah. But I'm still, I'm not going to knock Succession because they gave me the best outcome I could have asked for. (laughs) No. And really, I do think it was the only way the outcome like could have ended. Like when you really think about it. Like, Matson was never keeping this family in the business. Like, they're so toxic. He saw the worst of them when they went on their retreat. Like, they're three deeply unwell people. Like, who the fuck would meet them and be like, yeah, I want to give business to these people. Like, I would run for the fucking hills. Yeah. And then the, the, the concept that all three kids could get along long enough to, like, vote together is also impossible. It's so crazy to think about that, like, they couldn't. No, and like, that's what we've been seeing. Like, they're so, they, they betray one another at, like, the lowest level. Like, they're not a family unit. They're not a united front. So the, the sheer idea that they would vote together, they're all too narcissistic, too egotistical. Like, it was never going to happen. It, yeah. it had to be Tom. It's the same way it had to be Bran. It had to be Tom. It could only be Bran. It could only be Tom. Yeah. And like people didn't like the Game of Thrones finale because they're like Bran. But then when you really analyze it, like it could only be Bran. I guess. Because the other two were too problematic. John and Daenerys. Right. Well, and Daenerys at that point, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, uh, was dead. No, we literally spoiled the show saying Bran, Bran, Bran. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> we spoiled the show 40 minutes ago. Duh. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? Another spoiler coming your way. No. Why? Is it the next story with another spoiler coming your way that happens to be brought to you by Carrie Uma? Carrie Uma. Uma, Uma, Uma. Carrie Uma. Carrie Uma. The cool sustainable sneaker company made for life on and off the board. Warmer days are ahead and we all need a staple shoe to carry us through summer and beyond. So when it comes to days spent in the sunshine and on your feet, Carrie Uma's got you covered with effortless style, unmatched comfort, and premium quality. Worn by tons, tons of celebs, including Jackson Claude, which is really kind of like the most famous people in the planet, I would say. So Jackson and I have a bunch of sneakers from Carrie Uma. I pretty much exclusively wear sneakers, especially white ones in the summer. I just think it's like such a cool look. Um... And I like the Karayuma ones for a multitude of reasons, mostly because they're really breathable and they're super comfortable. You can wear them for long periods of time. We've loved the lace-up OCA for years, but now Karayuma recently launched canvas slip-ons. They're made with organic cotton and natural rubber outsoles. They're easy to wear and they have a timeless look with incredible comfort and ease. Jackie loves, loves, loves a canvas slip-on shoe. It's true. All you have to do is watch the last 30 episodes of The Toast on YouTube. I'm wearing my Karyumas every single day. They're so cute. A slide-on sneaker. I like the white pair. And they're so comfortable. They have the support that you need just in life in general, but also uh, for a pregnant lady. For every pair of sneakers sold, Karyuma plants two trees, and they've already planted over 2 million trees to date. 
Um, they're dedicated and certified B Corp for restoration uh, programs based in the Brazilian rainforest. So you know that it's all good. For a limited time, Toast listeners can get an exclusive 15% off your pair of Cariuma sneakers. Go to C-A-R-I-U-M-A dot com slash toast for 15% off. That's C-A-R-I-U-M-A dot com slash toast for 15% off, but only for a limited time. Today's episode is also brought to you by Manscaped. Ladies, June is just around the corner and our guess is that you haven't purchased a Father's Day gift. Well, look no further than the sponsor of today's show because our friends at Manscaped are dedicated to upgrading his grooming game from face to waist. Their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the total package dedicated to making sure all fathers go from dad to daddy this year. Have him join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and of course you can get 20% off and free shipping with our code TOAST at manscaped.com. So Father's Day is coming up whether you know your man's is a father or your your dad um get a good gift get them something that they'll actually use and you will actually love so the ultimate father's day mvp is the beard hedger pro kit inside they have their beard hedger trimmer beard shampoo and conditioner beard oil beard balm and two free gifts with their signature beard comb and scissors so you just buy the one kit and you get like what did i just read like six gifts it's everything that they could need it comes in a really cute case if he doesn't have a beard, he also can try their Performance Package 4.0. So it's a bundle that's definitely daddy material. It includes their signature lawnmower, a weed whacker, ear, hair, and nose trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, revival toner, boxer briefs, and the travel bag. We all know that dads love comfort, so if grooming is already dialed in, make sure to hook him up with the Manscaped boxers. Get 20% off and free shipping with code TOAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Code toast. Make this Father's Day one he won't forget with Manscaped. Thank you so much, Claudia. Speaking of beard, our yeah. fifth and final story. Ted Lasso finale. Jason Sudeikis speaks on it. He says, quote, the story is done. So season three of Ted Lasso just ended. All the episodes aired. Turdy has watched them. Jason Sudeikis told um, Dana Carvey and David Spade on the Fly on the Wall podcast that the story is done, quote, it sounds like such a political answer, but it's the truth. We only conceived these three seasons. Then this thing became this big old thing. Yeah, no, I think if you watch a show, like there's, as much as I think a lot of people would like for it to just go on forever, because I think for a lot of people it's a comfort show. It's like, you know, really all about like kindness and positivity, but it's still like very funny and it would have been nice for just the show to go on forever. But they clearly like, had a start and an end and I think when you can end a show on your own terms it's like the best feeling and you're not like another season and no one's watching like to end on a high is like such an accomplishment um and I think if you had told me last season that the next season is going to be the last I would have been sad but after watching this like I didn't think it was as good and he's right like the story's over like once you watch you know like the show can't go on yeah and you'd never want to beat a dead horse I think that even though it's hard for the fans sometimes like there's nothing worse than your favorite show getting really bad and stupid and pointless and boring so you better like leave on a high leave them wanting more and it also does not that they've said this in any way shape or form but it does leave it open to bring the show back in a few years when you don't kill it yeah yeah so how was the rest of the season like do you want to tell us what happened anything crazy do you want to take your airpods out i don't know i just like i don't know that i'm gonna watch it in a timely manner Okay, so, you know, what, have you seen any of this season? Yeah. What have you seen? Probably, like, half. Um, they have that guy who's great. Who? The soccer player who's really good. Oh, Zava? Zava. Okay, Zava leaves, and it's, like, irrelevant. And then the team is just themselves, and they're stinking it up. And then Ted Lasso comes up with, like, a a new strategy and they, they, oh, they so, start wait so you're saying Ted Lasso actually coaches yes it was shocking that's a twist so he just comes up with like a new strategy and they start killing it they're winning they're winning they're killing it um so last night's episode was like the finale they won the championship and it was like really emotional but then it turned out that like Manchester City um also won so that like kicked them out of the first spot but whatever they like won all their games and it was like sweet but of course they didn't like end up making the next league um and Ted wants to leave. Ted needs to go back to Kansas City to be with his family. And he makes the decision. And, like, everybody supports him. Him and Beard go go back. Um, Beard actually gets off the plane because he's in love with Jane. And so he actually stays. Everything at the club stays the same except Ted leaves. Um, except, did you see yet that Nathan the Wonder Kid gets fired from 
No. West Ham. He gets fired because. Oh my God. I can't wait to see. Rupert like takes him out for drinks and like brings him like a prostitute. But he has a girlfriend now. And he doesn't want to cheat on his girlfriend. So he leaves and he literally gets fired for like not fucking this girl. Um, And then he's like depressed. And his girlfriend's trying to get him out of bed. And all he wants to do is go back to Richmond. 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 And like they bring him back. That was to me the fatal fucking flaw in the show they bring back that little shit and I know that's the whole point of the show it's like about forgiveness and kindness yada yada but I couldn't and like the last two episodes he's like he's the towel guy again he he doesn't become Ted's job no Roy gets his job which is fabulous okay that's better I thought like Nate takes over for Ted that would be so undeserving no it was so upsetting there were a few things that like the show tied up nicely the first is that like Rebecca in the earlier season did you see when they went to Amsterdam and she like spent the night with that guy no she drops Ted off at the airport and she runs into the guy and like this this fortune teller had told her that she was gonna have a family and he has a son and like I mean, he has a daughter. And it was like a nice ending. Wrapped up for Rebecca nicely. She thought about selling the club since they were so valuable now that they were so good. It was worth $2 billion. But she actually sold 49% of it to the community. Like, everybody, like, got a share. So, like, they all started. It was, like, really sweet. I, I liked that. She's, like, philanthropic queen. So some people wrapped up really nicely. Like, Ted goes back. And I think they, like, kind of, they don't say, but, like, Michelle is getting really annoyed with her new boyfriend. Like, he's, like, so negative and, like, I just don't think it's working. And then she's really happy when he gets home. So I think maybe there's a path forward for Ted like, and his family to get back together, which is nice. Oh, that's cute, even though she like is the worst the entire time that we've ever watched a show. Um, but then some people wrapped up like not so nicely. Like I didn't appreciate them bringing Nathan back. I thought that was really not good. Um, but by far the biggest gripe I had with the ending is like I kept waiting for Roy and Kile to get back right. together. Right. And he, the last couple of episodes he's like so clearly in love with her and he's like really struggling. He's asking everyone for advice. And Jamie is still like really in love with Kile too. But Jamie and Roy are such good friends. They decide like you know what we're both going to fight for her but like we're still going to be friends. And Kile wants neither of them. She just wants to like keep being a businesswoman and she works with Rebecca to start like a female AFC Richmond. And Yeah. But why can't she also have a boyfriend? You yeah, know, the two are not mutually exclusive. I That's did not like wrong. that. I literally that makes me mad. Wrong. She's wrong for that. I'm sorry. Honestly, even towards the end, obviously Roy is like the number one. But I was also like shipping her and Jamie too, because Jamie's really have this like he fully grew up. He's a star player, but he's such a good teammate and he's a good guy. No, and I could see that. But the problem with Roy and Keely breaking up is that there was nothing wrong with their relationship. Like, Yeah, it was so random. I don't even know why they broke up. Um, so it's like, it's not like Jamie could provide her something. Like, Roy and Keely were perfect. Yeah. It was so oh upsetting. God, that she ended that up makes with me nobody. madder than Nate. Yeah, no, that was the worst part. She ended up with nobody. Why? Why? Oh, my God. Okay, well, now I don't know if that makes me want to watch more or less. But thanks for the recap. I'm glad I know. You're welcome. And I do think, like, it, it's it's good that it's ending. Yeah, I think so, too. All good like, things good. must come to an end, Turdy Lou. But I want to say one thing, one more thing. I'm just, I just looked at my notes because I needed to remember. My biggest issue with the show is that not once in the final episode nor in the final season did Danny Rojas say football is life. Why? Maybe, like, it was trademarked and they were going to get sued. Danny Rojas is far and away the best character. He gets, like, an even bigger role. All, all, like, all the characters that you, like, know and love, like Trent Krim, his book comes out. You know he's writing a book on the team? Yes. It's called The Richmond Way. Um, all the characters that, like, you slowly start to get to know and really like, like Danny Rojas, like Sam. And I thought maybe Sam and Rebecca were going to end up together, but they didn't. Um, Trent Krim, they all get, like, happy endings. It's nice. But, like, Danny Rojas is the light of my life, and I don't know why he didn't say football is life. That's so funny that he has made such an impact on you. Oh, he's part of the reason me and Ben like really loved the show when we first started it. Oh, that's so sweet. He was so sweet and so funny and so cute and so nice. Football is live. Nice. He didn't make that much of an impact on me. There's a scene in the final episode where like they get a penalty kick. They're down by one and Jamie's like going to take it, but he gives the ball to Danny Rojas. He's like, you got this, ma'am. And I thought, I'm like, oh my God, he's going to literally kick it and say, football is live. And he didn't. That's weird. Yeah. What happened to Football is Life? I don't know. Maybe you could find like a forum of other people upset I'll, about it. I'll look into it. <laughs> um. So that's your Ted Lasso recap. Yes. And now it's time for Vanderpump Rules recap. So I want to say 
I'm really like genuinely like I'm trying not to be a hater because like this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. But the fact that we got through two entire whole episodes without Raquel joining the group, like one is not enough. We didn't need two with Sheena. We needed two with Raquel. We got like one and a half of each because we no, did we get didn't. like she trailer. sat down at nine fifty nine and they no, were like, I know, Hi. but we got trailer Raquel, we got trailer Raquel and Tom, we got them outside of the trailer. Like half doesn't of the count. episode was lunch. It doesn't count. I know. I agree, but like you also have to remember, like it's still Bravo, and so even though they didn't like make us wait till the third episode to talk about Scandal, like they are going to tease the fuck out of everything They're and so make us pay. They're, They're so, so annoying. annoying. Like at their core. I was annoyed. Like when I was enjoying the episode. I really. And I. I really was enjoying Sheena. Um, and I wasn't Same. like dying for her to leave or anything. But then when Raquel comes out. And the episode ends. I did, hadn't realized what time it was. And I was like. Oh that's fucking annoying. No Sheena was like giving her platinum vinyl to Andy at 943. And then they went to a commercial break. And then they went to. Raquel's one-on-one. I was like. Oh she's literally not sitting until 959. Me and Ben were. Ben was like. So annoyed. It, that snuck up on me. I, I didn't realize. I was acutely aware of the time because I'm like, I need this bitch to sit down. Yeah. A so peak that's moment. Next week. A peak moment was Ariana telling Andy that Raquel and Tom are not sitting next to each other. Like, I kind of loved that. And he yeah. listened. Because it, it, it is actually odd that they didn't sit next to each other. Like, it, it would have been visually, like, crazy to see her in between the Toms. Yeah. But that's also so fucking disrespectful to Ariana. And, like, if we're all Team Ariana, then, like, we can't put production ahead of her feelings no it's very true um I have like kind of an unpopular opinion because I know a lot of people are like confused and annoyed that like Lisa Vanderpump is taking Tom Zandoval's side and I don't think she is I just think she's like trying to get him like the the space to speak because nobody will let him speak and I actually am appreciative that she's doing that because this whole thing where like every time Tom says something like eight people just descend and he doesn't actually finish his sentence like I want to hear what this monster has to say like I'm curious um I actually am appreciative Lisa attempting to like regulate this conversation I agree like it's not productive if everyone jumps down to his throat and even when he's saying something and everyone like immediately just calls him out like oh will you fuck Raquel and it's like no we all know that so like we're all listening to whatever he's saying with that in mind like so let him bury himself like we don't need like and just I want to hear what this actual sociopath has to say for himself and like hear how he rationalizes certain things and how he can judge and critique others because if it was a normal human being sitting there they would just shut the fuck up only speak when spoken to try and, and try blend and keep, in try and keep their head down but yeah. I want to hear him pop off at Lala about absolutely nothing to do with him because it makes him look even stupider because we all know what he did no and like he was like saying stuff that was like kind of interesting but nobody could hear him because everybody was screaming like when he said Lala pulled her IUD out the second Stasi got pregnant what does that mean I have no idea please elaborate sociopath yeah. but nobody heard him yeah no, but, no they heard him. Yeah, but like he has just no credibility. And also his credibility is so shot. Like whether he's telling the truth or he's telling a lie, like we can just call it a lie. Of course. No. And that's the thing with the um with the restraining order. Mm-hmm. He like swore that he hear, heard her say, I punched that bitch in the face. And Ariana, either Ariana is just like protecting her friend as she should. And maybe she's lying because of the legal case. Or Tom is lying. Honestly, to me, I don't care whether uh, Sheena punched Raquel. Like, yeah, no, but it matters to them. And I no, also it matters feel like to Sheena this- in this moment because in this moment, like two days later, she has to go to court and I'm sure she's actually really scared. Yeah, no, it matters to them. But like, yeah, I don't care whether or not like morally if Sheena technically punched no. her. And also like we saw what what it um, amounted to on Raquel's face. So like I think we can all envision what it was. But if you want to call that a punch, a slap or a push, like that's just it makes it makes a difference legally, but it doesn't make a difference in terms of like what Our brains. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I feel like there were times when it's like Ariana is obviously the victim. The vic- No, and he, she's also the moral one in the relationship. And I feel like since Tom has lied so much and he has literally no credibility and you can just write off everything that he's saying as a lie, like it actually leaves Ariana space to like also lie because no one is going to believe him. Improvise. Yeah, no, and it's like I literally don't care if she's lying. Like she didn't tell the big lie for eight months that you did. So who right, gives a right. shit? Katie and Tom were like absent from this reunion. I like well because she buried him in one breath, and it was oh my most god. By the way, most beautiful thing I ever saw. Seriously, I don't think I've ever seen somebody clap back at somebody so seamlessly. 
And so, like, funny. You're friends with everybody. You're a serial killer's wet dream. No, and she was like, you're going to get yourself chopped up if you keep up this behavior. And it's so true. He's so trusting. Everyone's his friend. He prioritizes everyone over his loyal wife of eight years. Like, no, yeah, go, go, go trust. Brilliant. But I have to say, like, Tom, like, being, like, kitschy, like, I'm taking a Xanax. Like, shut up. Like, I find him so infuriatingly stupid. I don't think anything he does is funny. Like, he's not cute to me anymore. And these little, like, oh, look, I brought a prop. (laughs) Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. At least he is pretty much shutting up. Yeah, it's so true. Because he's smart. He's like, I know I'm in trouble, so I'm literally not going to yeah. speak up. I'm not speaking unless spoken to because I don't want to, like, cross my wires. I don't want to say something that contradicts something else I said. And he's also not a psychopath like Sandoval. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm in trouble. I'm going to apologize and be small and be very... Be small. Apolog- like, what's the word? Um, With a C. Kurt? No, like, con... I don't know. It'll come to me when this episode's over. No, he's just, he has to, he has to be weak. Yes. Mm-hmm. And just take it. Tom's like um, fighting back and it's like, what are you trying to prove that Ariana was worthy of being cheated on by her best friend? Right. Her, like, in what world are we ever going to get to that conclusion? But the fact that he thinks that that is somewhere that we might get to and that's where he's trying to bring us. Yeah. Is beyond words right, like I really like I don't care like how bad things were in your relationship like it it all that context all that color he wants means nothing no like we'll never ever justify what yeah. he did ever no ever we don't care he doesn't get that no he doesn't he's really trying to paint a picture as like he was this like forlorn boyfriend who tried and tried and he got no intimacy and no connection so he fell into the arms of another vagina like we don't care yeah we literally just okay so all those things are true break up with her when they like went into like Lala's Randall thing like I so don't care it's like so much has happened since then like I literally forgot about Randall and like of course I feel for Lala and I know she's been through a lot but in terms of like the storyline every time they strayed away from Raquel I was like come on oh I felt the opposite I kind of needed a breather and I also felt like every other storyline does segue back to Scandival anyway because it, right. it, it involves everyone so I I was okay to like deviate for a second. The only thing about Lala and Randall is like I think a lot of it is legal. So when she talks about these like horrible things, he's mm-hmm. a horrible person. Like I think we have maybe 10% of an idea of what she's talking about. And it's frustrating that we can't know more. But I understand that we can't. So it's I did, that's why it was like literally a 90 second conversation. Yeah, it was really it was really quick. I liked um, seeing Allie. I actually really like Allie. I really like Allie too and as we said like I just hope James can keep her I think she's really smart and you can tell that she is like a fun cool girl because Katie and Lala really like her yeah I think she's a great gal I think she is too and I really hope the best for them and their relationship like really I'm not even joking yeah but at this point they've been together over a year Mm -hmm. so could be good I do think there's like a part of her that like sought out being on the show which I don't think is a bad thing honestly um like she was like you know she wanted to be an entertainment journalist before like and she watched Vanderbilt like I think part of her is into James for what he provides agreed but if that were the case she would have made a bigger splash on the season that's true and been like thirstier and just like getting into fights and and starting stuff she did make a splash with the whole abby thing but i don't even think she knew what she was stepping in no and she didn't even say that to katie on camera yeah so true like i i think that actions speak louder than previous words and she just was james's girlfriend it's also really interesting how, like, after they wrapped filming, this Raquel and Tom stuff, like, didn't die down. And there were all these conversations being had. Like, Sheena took Ariana to lunch and was like, by the way, like, I'm, like, quaking. No, that was crazy. That, like, people had suspicions. Like, when this came out for us, we were. What? I couldn't, I couldn't fathom anything so crazy. Yeah. And I felt like that the cast felt that way, too. But come to find out, like, Lala, lit, like, had, was fully on to them Katie too probably Sheena had enough suspicion to take it to Ariana like Ariana knew that this was a a A thing people thought that was the craziest thing to me yeah agreed but I guess how could you not know that it's not like they were even hiding it that well no they were being so dumb and like that's what Andy was saying like I can't believe I forget who he said this to maybe Raquel in the one-on-one like 
how now watching the season back, like you guys were not even trying. And I actually thought what Raquel said in her one-on-one was actually interesting that like her and Tom devised a plan. Like Tom coached her on what to say. And then when Ariana did just call her and was like, Tom's not going to tell me anything. Like if you ever even for one second cared about me, tell me everything. And she did. Yeah. I feel of the two, Raquel is more remorseful, even though it appears like she doesn't cry. She has a weird way. Uh, she, But she's a weird she, girl. Yeah, the way that she handles or processes or shows emotions is not how people would expect her to be acting right now. But I also feel like sometimes when she's asked a question, like I feel like when she's asked a question, she tells the truthful answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so Ariana called her and like she gave all the truths. Like, I don't think she like sits there and lies to your face, but obviously she had this whole second life going on that no one yeah. knew about. But, but if at any time someone asked, no, I guess Sheena did ask her. Yeah, Sheena did. Sorry, Sheena did ask her and she lied to, straight to her face. I take it back. I just, that's the thing. It's like now I have so many questions. They're all, I, we've gotten not one answer about Raquel. I Like to me, she's such a mystery. And I think after part two, we should have known a little bit more. Yeah. And about like where they stood in their relationship. Right. Like what is going on with them? Like that scene when he said during lunch, I loved that they were filming during lunch. These people did not get five minutes off during this day. Um, when they were talking to each other in the trailer it was very platonic it was they were giving us nothing and then they wanted to be off camera either maybe so they could like you know console one another and like come up with a game plan maybe even kiss I don't know um and production wouldn't give that to them which I lived for we don't know anything about like where these two stand especially like now even in real life like there was the the report that they had broken up but nobody knows if that's true apparently someone said on a podcast like yesterday or the day before that after Raquel heard that Ariana, you know, told on Watch Rappin's Live that she was sending Tom letters to the house, um, Raquel sent another letter to the house addressed to Ariana with a lightning bolt on it. What is this? A Da Vinci code? I don't, I try, I'm trying to stay in like the truthful, factual, non-rumor-based so sphere. It's, it's hard, so hard because then also things come from the rumor-based sphere that turn out to be true. And it's like, oh, maybe I should have been paying attention the whole time. But, like, I can't I can't process all of these little things that may or may not be true. So everybody's, like, talking about this bombshell. And when I saw the preview for part three, they said you have to wait till the last five minutes. Like, something happens. Like, everyone says, like, Raquel is pregnant. Like, all this stuff. I thought last night when Sheena was wrapping up, I thought she was actually going to tell us she's pregnant. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, I thought maybe the... What was actually surprising was that Raquel dropped the restraining order. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what do you think this bombshell is? People said that the bombshell was that Lisa Vanderpump knew the whole time. Lisa Vanderpump debunked that on Twitter a couple of There's days no ago. There's no way she knew the whole time. No. There's no way. What could it be? And it's really being kept under wraps. Ugh, I just think it's going to be disappointing. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll find out next week. We'll find out next week. Um, that's like after that, like Scandival's over. Like Yeah, but after that, then everyone can do more interviews and stuff yeah. and like talk about what's going on now. And I think it'll be like a, another wave of Scandival information because as much as all the cast members are talking about it and doing their podcasts and other people's podcasts, like they've had to refrain from saying some stuff. But yeah. I think once the reunion's truly over, like we'll get more. Yeah, they're limited right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's your show. Tomorrow um, is Friday. I just wanted everyone to know that. And we will be doing audio only again. So just stay with us. Next week is up in the air. But Jackson Claude audio only is so good enough for me. Truly. I love you dearly. Love you dearly. And we'll see you tomorrow for the big day of the fry. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast and Millennium Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcast can be found. So it's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iRadio, Castbox, all the places where we listen to podcasts. Find out the Toast, leave a five star review about a beautiful sending and weekly talented we are. Hope you guys have an amazing day and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Love ya. Bye.